listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Come on, say with me, 21 days of my purpose. Not just purpose, but of my purpose to find what God has for my life. Because we want every one of you to be living by the purpose, in the purpose, for the purpose that God has created you. Because purpose is the reason you exist. The definition of purpose is that which you were existed. You exist for that which you were created and made to do. And you were made with a purpose and not made by accident. You are not on accident. And too many accidents happen around us each and every day in our lives, in the lives of your families. And you know what I'm talking about. There's not enough purpose. And we just want people to find and to discover their purpose. We just believe a shift is on. Can anyone believe that with me? There's a shift from accident to purpose that we're going to start seeing our lives taking on new meaning. We're changing that by being changed, by letting God change us and transform us. You know, I was thinking driving the other day, fasting is not a magic wand. Magic wand, abracadabra, something happens and takes place. Fasting is not a magic wand. Yes, it's disconnect to connect for you to draw closer to God. And really what fasting does is it places our lives really where it should always be. Because we get so busy and get so caught up with so many other things. And really fasting sets us back where we need to be and that's why it's so powerful. It's not really the fast, it's just the priority that we're making in our life again for God. And we're saying, God, you're that important. That we're saying, I want to stop and listen. Because I know God wants to speak to me. And fasting is saying, God, I want to make you my priority. I want the priority of my life this year to be God. And I know that sounds crazy, but we can say that. But our actions so many times can show something different. I want God to know that more than anything else, I desire Him. That I desire Him and I long for Him. And I believe that the results from fasting are going to speak for themselves. I believe in the results. Some of you have already seen miracles. We're already hearing miracles. I just want to tell you some of the miracles that I've experienced in my life in past years while we were fasting. God gave me Kelly when we were fasting. You may say, what do you mean by that? We were praying and we were seeking God. And just, it was like green light. It was the last night. It's like, God, why the last night of the fast? Why couldn't you have done it like day three? Why day 20? Why day 20? And I'm like burdened and I'm like carrying this the whole time. But you know what God said to me? You know what? Someone's going to come into your life. And that someone is going to be your wife. And that someone was Kelly. That happened during a fast. And you may say, oh yeah, I don't believe, I, I believe that. 
I'll tell you what else happened in a fast. God gave us a promise. Kelly's mother and father are unsaved, and God gave us a promise, gave me a promise that they're going to be saved. We're still working on her dad, but can I tell you, her mother, that same year that God gave me that promise, that same year, her mother um, had cancer. And within almost, what, a month and a half of discovering she had cancer, she passed away. But can I tell you that Kelly and I had the opportunity to pray with her and to make sure that she was saved. And a year later, Kelly received a card, or about a year later, Kelly received a card from a lady who knew her mother very well, a good friend of hers. And she says, I just want you to know something, that your mother made a commitment to Christ. I just want you to know that. Isn't that wonderful just to hear that confirmation? Because I had the chance to sit down with your mum and I know. I know God has given me promises for my children that I've seen come to pass through the fast. And I'm sure we could go on and on and on. And you can say, well, those things could have happened. Maybe. But I know they happened when I sought God and I gave him the first fruits of my life during the fast I received, and I believe that's the testimony that you are going to experience in your life. Come on, it's not only the only way of receiving, I know that, but one of the greatest ways of receiving the blessings from God because it slows us down so we can refocus and receive. Is it easy? Has it been easy? No, it's not easy. Anytime you go without something, you never realized how much your stomach controlled your life. You don't realize how much fuel food is, how much you're going to suffer without sugar and caffeine. Anyone know what I'm talking about with that? You're full because you've eaten so much ibuprofen this week to get rid of the headaches. You're just full. I mean, it's just like eating cereal. Put some milk with them and just eat them. I mean, but you never realize. You don't realize, but it's a way of your body detoxing itself. And our focus is not on the sacrifice. Our focus is on the reward, what we're going to see and believe. Who's believing for God to do supernatural things? Come on, keep holding on. Come on, keep holding on. Put your hands down. Who's seeing some things already? Come on, who's seeing some things? Look, already seeing some things. And we just thank God for that and we praise God for that. So let's just pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, put your hand on your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray, God, that you would touch our hearts, that you would speak to our lives right now. God, we thank you for those that are joining us for the first time, God, that they're now part of a new family. God, we just want to welcome them. And God, we pray that this experience, not a service because I'm tired of services. I want to have an experience. And God, every Sunday at 9 and 11, we're putting on an experience. Every Wednesday, it's an experience. Why? We want God, people to sense the God, a real God. We want people to sense you. And God, we thank you for that. Touch our hearts. We pray tonight. We love you and we adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I want to talk about fasting your vow to God. Fasting your vow to God. The vow that I am making with God. And we're going to look at the life of Daniel. Daniel is one of my favorites in the Bible. I love his life. David's my ultimate favorite, but Daniel comes pretty close. And I want you to read some scriptures with me. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Daniel 1. You can follow on the screen if you're using your phones or a tablet. Get those ready to go. But read with me Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. I love that. He what? He 
purposed. It started with purpose. Let me say it this way. I think it could be written this way. But Daniel had purpose in his heart. Because he had a purpose, because he purposed in his heart, we're going to see that he said, I'm not going to keep doing what everyone else is doing. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be who God made me to be. He said, I have purposed in my heart that I would not defile myself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, Daniel requested of the chief of eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Who was Daniel? Daniel was a young boy along with other young men of that time that lived in Jerusalem. King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came and he sieged Jerusalem. And they plundered Jerusalem. They destroyed Jerusalem. But what they did was they took some of the choice of the choice, the best of the best young men, and they took them back to be trained in the laws, in the ways of the Babylonian empire. So who's Daniel? He's a young boy that was taken from his home. He's a young boy that was taken from his family, that which was familiar and normal to him. He was taken to a different nation, a different place, and he was taught different customs, different rules, and a different religion. He knew a relationship, but now they were teaching him a religion because he, along with the other hand-picked, selected young men, were going to be trained so they could stand before the king. He's the smartest of the best. How do we know that? Because the Bible says he distinguished himself above all others because there was an excellent spirit inside of him. You'll read that later in Daniel. When there was a crowd, he stood above the crowd. Why? Because of the purpose of the excellence inside of him. He knew it wasn't by accident that he came up on top every time. Let me say that again. It wasn't by accident he came to the top of the class every time. It was because he had a purpose in his heart to live and to serve God. So here he is along with his buddies, three buddies, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, known better by most of us as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were the foreign names that were given to them. And I believe that one day, perhaps, it happened like this, that Daniel just was sick and tired of everything that was happening in his life. And maybe he said to himself, you know what, they've taken my name, because he was given another name. They've taken me from my family. Basically, everything I knew has been changed, and now I'm in a strange place, everything around me. But there's one thing that I can maybe still take control over. And what does he do? He makes a vow to God. He makes a vow to God and he says, I will not defile myself, but I will only eat certain things. Actually, he asked permission for that. He didn't just say, I'm going to do it. He asked permission. Verse 9 and 10, look at it. It says, now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill or kindness of the chief of the eunuchs. There it is, top of the class. He was brought into favor, verse 10. And the chief said to Daniel, I fear the king who has appointed you your food and drink. 
For why should he see your face looking worse than the others? Then you would endanger my head before the king. Come on, the one in charge saying this, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if we can do that because the thing is this, you're not the one that's going to get in trouble for this. I'm the one. It's my neck that's on the line. And I'm sure he said to him, you're going to have to eat, boy, suck it up, and you're just going to have to love it and enjoy it. But Daniel, I believe, literally refused. But he refused the right way. He said, would you just put us to the test? Just put us to the test, please. Just give us a period of 10 days and let us be tested upon what we asked. Daniel made a vow to God. I believe the vow sounds a little bit like this. God, I may be in this world, but this world doesn't have to be in me. Come on, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I think Daniel said, you know, I may have to be trained in these things. I can't change that, but I can change something. And I can change the position and the state of my heart. And I am making a vow to God that I am not going to defile myself with the wrong things. Daniel was saying, this is a vow between me and God. The vows we make are not for me. When you sit down and say, I'm going to enter that fast and you sign that piece of paper, you're not making a vow to me. You're not making a vow to the fast. You're making a vow to God. And you're saying, God, over these next few days, God, I want to stand on your word. I want to trust you. I want to believe you. God, I'm going to rid my life of some things so I can feed my spirit instead of the body and the soul that is making too many wrong decisions for my life. You see, we've told you this, fasting's not a man thing, it's a God thing. And I didn't explain it, obviously, very well last week because someone had questioned what I meant by that. And let me rephrase that or make sure you understand it this week. It's not for man. Not meaning it's not going to benefit us. I mean, it's not for other people. I'm not fasting for you or for anyone else. I'm not fasting to impress you because you cannot reward me. You cannot bless me. You cannot give anything really to me of substance that's really going to help and enable my life. You may be able to give me something to help me a little bit, but you're just pacifying a need and tomorrow I'm going to be back again. So it's not a man thing. It's a God thing. It is for God. It's before God. So it's between me and God, not man, not my church. I'm making this vow to you, And I just really think that helps me a lot when I'm in the fast. Because if I think I've just signed a piece of paper, when I start getting hungry, man, I'm just going to eat something. But when I'm thinking, God, I made this commitment to you. God, I made this commitment to you. And I don't want to disappoint you. And if you do do something, don't think, oh, God's so disappointed. He's written me off. No, God hasn't written you off. But I'm telling you, it so helps when you think, God, I am making this vow Between you and me, God. And what do we know of God from his word? We don't have time to jump into it today, but I'll tell you this. God respects a vow. God honors a vow. He's a covenant-keeping God. He respects those things that we give him. And these 21 days, every day, here's what we're saying. God, I make a vow to you. I want to free my life from defilement. The things that have taken precedence over you. And God, I just want to draw closer into you. 
just to be closer into you. 21 days of purpose. Do you know God is looking for people He can trust? God is looking for people He can trust. I know this from the Word of God. 2 Chronicles 6 verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. God is looking. His eyes are going. Who's the ones who are loyal? Who's the ones that really want me? Who's the ones that want to distinguish themselves above the crowd? Now again, we're not fasting to manipulate God. We're not saying, okay, so we've caught His attention. Now God's going to have to do this for me. No, what we're saying is this. God, we want to present our lives for service. When your eyes are looking around this world, I want to be the first in line and say, God, here I am. Would you use me? I want to be the one that says, would you you speak, God? Because your servant's ready to listen. I'm here ready to, to do what you have asked of me and what you need of me. Do you know God needs you? God needs you to fulfill his plan and purpose on this earth. God needs us to tell others to bring others to church, to invite others, to be the light in darkness. God needs us to be that. So here's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, along with other guys. They are given the best of everything. I could start talking about what they were given, the T-bone steaks and the ribs. Could start talking about the shrimp and the tacos and everything, but how many's getting mad already? How many realizes if you're watching TV and engaged in that right now, you've never seen so many food commercials in all your life until you start fasting. And then things that you didn't even like, now you're like ready to eat. But they turned down the best of everything and said, Would you just give us vegetables and water? The chief is not happy. What if you don't look good? Remember the scripture? What if you don't look good? It's not your problem, it's mine. I'm the one, my head, my neck is on the line. I think that sounds very familiar to the world's view of what fasting is all about. Because the world's view is going to tell you, that's stupid. You're not going to catch anyone's attention with that. What do you think you're going to accomplish with that? How do you expect God to do? What difference do you think you're going to make? You're going to be starving. You're going to get sick. You're going to be weak. You're going to be miserable. You cannot do that. That's the world's thought. There's no way, Daniel, you can do that. Because you're going to be sick. You're going to be weak. You're going to cause problems, not only for yourself, but as the chief said, you're going to cause problems for me. But what did Daniel say? Yes, I can do that. And yes, we will do that. Put us to the test. I like what Jensen Franklin said, and he's incredible when it comes to fuss. He's an incredible preacher anyway, period. I love him. He's one of my favorites. He says this, you're not going to die from fasting. No one ever died from fasting, but you may die from eating the wrong things. And you may die from overeating. But you're not going to die... Through fasting. And in verse 12, they said, put us to the test. What were they saying? Test our vow that we make before God. Verse 15. Look at it says. At the end of ten days, their features appeared better. How many would say that's good? Their features appeared better and fatter in flesh 
than all the other young men who ate the king's food. That thought of fatter and flesh doesn't mean that they put on weight during the fast. I, I, I want that kind of fast, amen? But what that means is they were healthier and they were stronger. After 10 days, they were better, they were healthier, and they were stronger than everyone else around them. And that's not just it. There's more. Are you ready? There's more in God because that's the God that I serve. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond your wildest dreams and the things that you could hope for. Not only were they better, not only were they stronger, but look what it says in verse 17. And these four young men, not just any four young men, the four that made a vow to God and said, we're not going to defile ourselves, but God, we're going to trust you. What does it say? God gave them knowledge. God gave them skill in all literature. God gave them wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Listen to me. Are you ready? God gave him something he didn't even know he needed. But God knew exactly what he was going to be needing in the future. And as he made a vow to God, God gave him something in preparation for his future. I want to tell you right now, God's not just interested in meeting your needs that you have right now. God's interested in preparing you to meet the needs of your future. Why the Bible says that God gave him understanding in visions and dreams before a king even said, I don't know what this dream is about. God says, see, I am preparing something in your life. Where does the purpose begin? On the throne? When the anointing comes, David, no. The purpose begins in the mundane, everyday situations and decisions and choices of life that God wants to see if he can trust us in those places so he can position us in the other places. No, it wasn't just because they fasted. It wasn't just because they did without something. It was because of the vow they made to God. God, we are no longer going to defile. If we could just change our lives by not eating, that would be great. It's only God that can change our lives. It's only God that can bring the increase. They separated themselves for God because fasting is really a heart thing, not a food thing. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. And as they made their vow and fasted, God produced such purpose within their lives that God equipped them for everything that they would need and what others would need of them in the future. Because three years later, they were brought before the king. And verse 19 says, And the king interviewed them. And amongst them all, none was found like Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. You want to know my life's mission? My life's mission is this. That one day I stand before God and he says to me, Philip, good job. You serve the king. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
were able to stand before a king and distinguish themselves and be able to serve a king. Why? Because of the favor God had placed upon their lives. I want the favor of God upon my life. I want to find favor before God and I want to serve before him. They stand out above anyone else. We're going to see if you read the story, your homework, read the rest of the story. When everyone else bowed, they stood. Are you ready? It had to be first in their heart before it was in their legs. What do you mean by that? If it wasn't first in their heart, when the music plays, their knees would have buckled like everyone else. But because they had experienced and understood the plan and the purpose of God in their lives. They said, hey, even if we're going to die, that's what they stood before the king and said, even if we die, let it be known that we remain true to the purpose of God in our lives and we would not bow to your idols, to this world and anything of this world. Why? Because we've made a vow before God and we're going to live for that vow. Daniel didn't discover his purpose in the middle of a lion's den. Don't pray to God or you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. It was in his heart before the decree was made. Because if he would have had to start praying right then and there, he wouldn't have passed the test. But because it was already in his heart, he was able with confidence to say, if this is how I'm going to make my death, if this is how I'm going to die, then so be it. But may everyone around know that I was not ashamed of my God and still three times a day I prayed before him. Listen to me. Purpose isn't a destination. It's a pathway. Purpose isn't a destination Will I arrive at purpose. Purpose is a pathway. One step at a time. Well, I just want to be a minister and I want to do, maybe as a parent right now, that's your purpose. You walk out your purpose in your life, in the roles that you're at right now. Every day you walk out your purpose. Why? Because you don't arrive at purpose. Purpose makes you arrive where you need to go. Because purpose is the pathway of your life, the steps and the choices and the decision that we make. I want to tell you something. God didn't make you to fit in. God made you to stand out. God made you to stand up. God made you with a backbone to stand against all the defilement of this world and say, hold on a second, not me. Purpose is the standout factor of our life. The reason David was the only one that could face a giant was because he discovered his purpose in a wilderness. You and I, I believe, are going to discover a purpose that is not only going to meet our need, but prepare us for our future. Will you make a vow like never before? Will you say, God, I want to be different. I want to stand out. I want to be weird because normal is not working. Great book by Craig Rochelle, and I was just reading the inside cover of it today. And listen to what he says about being weird because normal isn't working. He says this, normal people are stressed. They're overwhelmed and they're exhausted. Many of their relationships are at best strained and in most cases just surviving. 
Even though we live in one of the most prosperous places on earth, normal people are still living paycheck to paycheck and never getting ahead. In our oversexed world, lust, premarital sex, guilt and shame are far more common than purity, virginity and a healthy married life. And when it comes to God, the majority believe in Him but the teaching of the scriptures rarely make it into their everyday lives. Simply put, normal isn't working. Normal isn't working. What did we say Sunday? Our Christianity isn't working, but the gospel still does. The gospel, the good news. What we've labeled it as and what we're presenting it as is not working. We need to get back to the truth. Where does that start? Making a vow before God and saying, God, I'm going to be different because, God, I don't want to defile myself with these things, but I want to stand above the crowd and be everything that you want me to be. I'm truly believing that these are going to be 21 days that's going to change your whole life. Change the whole course of your life as you step into your purpose, as you live for the cause and not just a cause, not just your cause. One last thing and then I'm going to be quiet today. Look at what it says. Purpose isn't ability. It's availability. It's not ability. It's availability. It's giving yourself to God. God, I make a vow to you. The vow I make to you, God, is this. I give you my life. I want to live by your purpose, by your call, and I want to serve you. Would you just bow your heads? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.